From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 172, and today I'm joined by Dennis Heaton. Dennis is a showrunner, writer, creator. He created the series The Order. He's written on shows like Ghost Wars, Motives, Call Me Fits, The Listener, and one of my personal favorite Canadian films, Fido. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. Sort of. So we're sitting down to watch 310 to Yuma. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen this film. Mm-hmm. And I'm here with Dennis Heaton. And I have not seen this film. That's right. And at first, I forgot that the... Um, I want, I'm going to say Denzel Washington, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Because he did Magnificent Seven remake. Yeah. No, it's Russell Crowe. It's it? Russell Crowe and... Um, Christian Bale? Yes, that's it. Christian yeah. Bale. Yeah. Which I think I might have seen that, but I have no memory of it. Yeah. Uh, and I, for a second, I forgot that there was... That was a remake. So when you suggested it, I was yeah. really hoping that was an original film. Oh, Not yeah. I, no, I, I, I'd forgotten to add, like, when I sent you the list, I actually forgot to say, by the way, these, everyone I'm listing that's been a remake, these are all the originals that I'm talking about. Yeah. So. And so what made you pick 310? Um, uh, well, for one, it wasn't on your list of movies that you'd already seen with people. Um, it's a movie. I'm, I'm, I'm a Glenn Ford fan and it's a Glenn Ford movie I hadn't seen yet. Um, and it's a Western and I like old Westerns and I realize just how many of the classic Westerns I've never actually seen. Same. I've watched so many in the last year. Like I watched Stagecoach for the first time recently. I, I watched Stagecoach. Same. Like I watched Stagecoach for the first time this year, and I was like, "Why the fuck did it take me this long to get to this movie?" Yeah. Right. Like you know, and it's like you know, for every for every one, you know, because it's like I, I you know, at one point I watched Rio Bravo, you know, like practically annually. It was, yeah. it was like a, a, a Christmas movie for me. Like I love Rio Bravo, you know, and, and, and it's like, you know, and then, it, and then it was, you know, but it, it, and I think maybe part of it too, is like having watched, having watched a lot of the walking dead and uh, you know, sort of having a love of just a natural love of zombie films. One of the things I've been seeing is, is I think the zombie film is sort of, you know, it's finally getting out of this, um, it's finally getting out of this like apocalypse, you know, this is how the apocalypse comes kind of plot that every one of them have done. Yeah. And they're moving into this, like, you know, zombie movies as a new Western. 
Yeah. Well, how do you, how do you, well, that's what originally like Deadwood was like that. It was like, how do you create America? Like Deadwood's yeah. about like the creation of America, which is very similar to what the walking dead is now. It's like, how do you yeah. rebuild society? Yeah. How do you build a society out of, out of the wild? Yeah. And it almost tra- treats like the, the zombies as like, this is a terrible comparison. So I apologize. Upfront, but it's almost like, uh, an unhinged, uncontrollable version of like the natives. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I think that's, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, I think that's the analogy they're making with, you know, and I think that's the terrible part. <laughs> so, you know, I think you're, you're just identifying, you know, what the problem is. And, and so anyway, um, but yeah, it's uh, so, so it's like, you know, I, I just, I love Westerns. Yeah. Same. And, and it's like, you know, Let's watch this one. Yeah. No, it's great. I've been going through, because I hadn't, I watched a bunch of Westerns growing up that I hadn't in years. And then it's just been like the last like, year or two, I've gotten really into, I finally discovered Kurosawa in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, all his, you know, his samurai movies are essentially Westerns and set yeah. in, in rural Japan, ancient Japan. Because yeah. he was such a, you know, the American Westerns really heavily, heavily influenced him as well. So yeah. it was fun well, and, watching. And the Italians, right? Like, yeah. Spaghetti yeah. westerns, like Yojimbo is is basically uh, a fistful of dollars. Yeah. So no, it's the other way around. Is it? Yeah. No, 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 no that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yojimbo's the first one, and then fistful of dollars is influenced by it. Yeah, there's a funny story where um, Kurosawa sent Sergio Leone a letter saying he really loved uh, fistful of dollars, and he loved it even more when he made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and then i think and then a lawsuit came quickly thereafter which i don't think either side profited from in any way i think it's kind of ended at a stalemate of well we can do this and you can do that yeah yeah Yeah. uh cool so what do you know about this movie um i know it's one of the few movies where glenn ford played a villain and like a like a like a straight up villain. Like he did a bunch of noir stuff, obviously, you know, like Gilda being, you know, with Rita Hayworth being like the biggest sort of um, you know, probably, you know, if you could call him even a villain in that, but you know, it, it's such a noir and he's just you know, he's just the sort of down on his luck chump who falls for the wrong game kind of kind of thing. Um you know, but generally, you know, it's like he was, he was Clark Kent. He was, you know, he was, um, oh God, I forget his character's name. Have you ever seen The Big Heat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I love The Big Heat. It's like, Big Heat is like archetypal cop movie, right? Yeah. Like, every everything you've ever seen in a cop movie is is in that. It's like the, you know, the the cop that's going to retire soon and is afraid of trouble and the, you know, the loving wife and, you know, yeah. It's funny when you watch back in the gun being slammed on the desk, like all of that, I'm pretty sure like, you know, Lee Marvin, you know, just the fact that a very young Lee Marvin's in it as like one of the sleaziest gunsels that you'll ever see. He's fantastic. It's funny because you were watching a movie like that now and, and, you know, a younger generation goes, Oh, it's it's full of all the tropes. It's like, no, this is where the tropes came from. These are the, 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 yeah, this is what made the tropes. Yeah. Oh man. I got to tell you, like it, I'm always amazed when I talk with, with film students and I quickly realize 
you know, just how shallow their depth of film history is. Yeah. Same. You know, like, like for, you know, and, and maybe, maybe it's because, you know, there's so much more now, like, but it's, it's like when I think about it, when I thought of, think about what I was watching in film school, you know, when I was in film school and then when I talked to these guys and they're like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, a classic film, like back to the future. It's like, eh, eh. I know that's classic film for them. I'm like, that was my childhood. So it's classic. Sure. I know the things that's killed me. The comments that killed me were two was one that was like, I just don't like anything in black and white. And it was like, that just appalls me when I hear, you can't get past that. When I hear a film student talk about their lack of, their lack of love of black and white, it's like, you're not a, you're not a film student. Well, you also don't understand that it's like, it's different. It's just a different thing. And, but, and then the other one is like, well, I just, I don't like foreign films. It's like, yeah. that's a really almost like, like a racist thing to say in the sense that it's just like, how do you realize the breadth of different kind of films that are out there? There's not, to, it's like, it's like, I mean, Canadian yeah. films get like a genre into itself. And I understand yeah. that to some extent, but it's like the idea of like waxing, you know, everything from like, you know, Fellini to Kurosawa to like, you know, um, Parasite and those movies all into one brush. It's like it's the most ridiculous thing ever. It's, it's like saying I don't oh, yeah. like food. Yeah, saying saying <laughs> you know it's, it's it's like I don't like foreign films. So you don't like the rest of the planet. Yeah, you don't like ninety percent of the films. Or <laughs> 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 just cutting yourself off to like that many. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it, and and now it's just especially um, my my thing. I, I whore out to film students. I'm like, if you have 10 bucks a month, get yourself a criterion membership because Oh yeah. It's it's the best film school in a box you'll ever get. And and the fact that the, the website has all like the bonus features and everything. It's just like yeah. you it's you know it's the same price as Netflix and you're gonna get a, a far greater yeah film education from that. Way more I mean it's such a well I mean what I love about it is like it's such a well curated site. Yeah. You know, like, like right now they've got Columbia Noir up and it's, you know, it's like 26, you know, 26 film noir flicks from Columbia from like the forties and fifties. And they're and, being, yeah. And they're being smart. Like they're bringing on stuff. That's not just like old foreign classics. Like they had the, uh, like the B movies from the seventh, like Westworld and death race 2000. Like, oh, I hadn't seen well, any of those. Still up there. Death race 2000, which is a fantastic film. Yeah. I hadn't seen it before. Yeah. Jimmy Carradine yeah. blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Jimmy, James Carradine is Frankenstein. Cool. Yeah, as soon as I saw the credits, I'm like, what yeah. the hell is this? Yeah. And Stallone's in it. And, uh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No, that's like, that's classic Corman, those cars. It's, it's fantastic. I'm yeah. So it's loaded with great stuff. Well, I'm excited. And then there's all the, the Japanese, list. like right now they've got a ton, a ton of Japanese, um, uh, a ton of Japanese, like the, the, the show, they've got a bunch of the Showa Showa Showa. Yeah. The Godzilla. Godzilla. I'm just butchering the language. Um, but they've got a bunch of the Godzilla. They've got like war of the Gargantua up there um yeah i got, uh, goku, I got my, my favorite title of all time goku body snatcher from hell i'm like yeah i'm in i'm in That's, <laughs> yeah, you had me at goku but then the body yeah. snatcher thing just sold it yeah yeah it's like it's like it's like they kept going with the title it's like how about this goku yeah that sounds weird and sci-fi and then somebody at the back of the room's like not enough <laughs> somebody That's, went okay uh uh goku 
but the body snatcher, right? And everybody's like, okay, yeah, that's good. Goku the body snatcher. Now we get it. He's this thing called Goku, and he snatches bodies. That's good. That's scary. And then the guy at the back of the room, not enough. You know? It's like, Goku, the body snatcher from hell. And then the guy at the back of the room, fight. finally! <laughs> you know? <laughs> And it's basically it's like a plane crashes near you know it's it's like it's one of those one of those great sort of like you know I, th- I think it's like mid sixties this movie sixties or seventies uh, or very early seventies and it's like you know there's a UFO and it causes a plane to crash near it and then like the body snatchers start taking the people from the plane as you do as one does yeah. yeah. That's how that math goes. One is a body snatcher from hell. Yeah. No, it's exciting. And even just like the reasons that they put it on disc, like, you know, putting out Election and uh, Breakfast Club and and movies like that. It's like, oh, there's there's new blood in there, too. That's like making sure those movies aren't going to not get properly. Well, and both of those, I mean, both of those movies are phenomenal. Like Election, like I love Election. I love Breakfast Club. They also... I saw um, they just put out the Great Escape finally mm-hmm. uh, in in a in a Criterion edition. So I'm like, you know, I, was I know right before that I I watched the crappy DVD version of it that I had bought years ago and never gotten around to, and I was like, I should have waited to see it properly. But oh, I, I my collection there, my collection is you know well one my collection started as VHS to give you an idea of how old I am. Same here. Uh, and so, like, I find, like, I just, you know, when DVDs started coming, like, I had laser discs in VHS. And I would buy certain movies on VHS, and I'd buy other movies on laser. So, and eventually I sold all the, the VHS, but I kept the fucking laser discs. Yeah. So I've got this whole, like, laser disc collection. And I'm glad I did, because there's stuff that actually doesn't get released, um, you know, for whatever reason. Like, I've got, you know, like they finally just came out with a bunch of Tex Avery uh, cartoons, but it's an impartial or not impartial. It's a, it's an impartial collection. It, it doesn't care one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a partial collection of the movies. Um, you know, and I've got this one, this one that I love on laser called bugs and Daffy, the wartime cartoons. And it's all, it's all of these like 1940s, like, you know, like, incredibly racist incredibly right like i can't even like i'm pausing before i give the titles because some of them are just like you know the titles themselves and it's you know it's like you watch it and this this was released back in this would have been released back in like the mid 90s this laser disc and it's got like leonard moulton introducing all the cartoons and basically each one he starts with like a disclaimer going, you have to remember the time this was made. We were a country at war. <laughs> you know, he's yeah, just no like, shit. That's the only reason why they did this. Yeah. It so. seems like Disney plus has those disclaimers come up. It's like cultural stereotypes are not necessarily accurate to yeah. <laughs> today's standards. It's like, yeah. got you. Well, it's also why you're never going to see song of the South on, on Disney plus. Yeah. I love that movie as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's one of those things like when you're a kid and you're, you know, sort of 
delightfully free of any concept of how the world actually works. You're just like, that was hilarious. Yeah. And, and, like, and then you, then you grow up and you're like, Oh my God, what yeah. have I done? Disney. Yeah. yeah. Alas. Uh, well, I'm excited to dive into 310 Yuma. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it. So, right. so I actually, here's a, here's a fun, here's a quick 310 to Yuma story. I actually, um, I, I've never seen the original and I went and bought the, the remake on laser or not laser disc on, on DVD one night at a store thinking, thinking oh, you know, it just, it had come out in the theaters. I'd wanted to see it. I like Christian Bale. I like Russell Crowe, but I missed it. The theaters. So I'm like, oh, I'll buy the I'll buy the DVD and I'll watch it at home. I got the disc home and I discovered it was a pan and scan version of the movie because for you know that stupid reason where people are like, oh, I like the movie to look like it, you know, it fills my TV frame. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to cut up my screen. See, like, that's not yeah. actually how that works. But yeah, I'm paying for the whole screen. Why am I just looking at the middle? Well, because that's the way the film was shot. It's intended to be seen. No pan and scan it. You know. Those humans, you know. Anyways, so I <laughs> never watched it because I was like, "It's a fucking pan and scan," and I like I, I left it wrapped and I I took it, you know, I took it to a, a resale place the next day and just like, yeah. I respect that choice. Yeah. So, anyways, um, so we just pop off, we watch the movie, and then uh, I'll send you a Facebook when I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send me all a right. poo emoji, and we'll go go from there. Sounds good. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we just finished. The 310 to Yuma. What a great song. As soon as that started up, God damn it, I had a smile on my face. Yeah, no, it's like, oh, shit, fuck. Oh, no, that's good. I thought I was accidentally turning off zoom um no it's it's that thing like you know i, th- I think every western is improved when there's a title song most that, that, that plays in front of it you know it's it's just like oh we'll take the we'll take the song we'll take the title of the movie we'll turn it into some lyrics and now we got a song now the bad guy's whistling it through the movie it's great. yeah i will say that that like do 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 like reminded me a lot of seven samurai there, there was a lot of uh lifted yeah. influences going on here but that's okay I'll, I'll 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 let that go yeah well it's a lot more it was interesting it was a lot more of a suspense film than mm. i thought than I thought it was going to be like, I, I, I mean, I sort of had a very vague understanding of the story where it's like, you know, impoverished rancher agrees to take gunmen to train for money. And so I'm thinking, Oh, this is going to be like guns everywhere. It's going to be shooting all through it. And it's like, it's like, it's Van Helflin and, and, like Glenn Ford sitting in a hotel room talking. And I'm like, but I was like, this is great. It's it's like, yeah. Are you going to open that window? It's like, yeah. 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 Over there, yeah. Sticks, oh, sticks, over, yeah. sticks over here. You know? <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, no, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I liked, yeah. uh, it was full of some really great little moments too, that I really enjoyed. I love the moment with, uh, the town drunk. Yeah. Where uh, the son says, he says something like, uh, I can't remember what it was, but the punchline is essentially, my dad told me he would say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's looking for the booze at dinner. 
You know, where'd your dad keep the bottle? Um, I don't know. Oh, no, you can tell me. Where'd he keep the jug? No, no, I don't know. He's like, oh, you don't mind that I asked you. Oh, no, dad said you would. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, oh, I have a bad reputation. Yeah, and they just look in his face like, yeah, I deserve that. <laughs> well, and, because he's totally, he's totally set up like the guy's going to fuck up, right? Yeah. Like, they're totally, it's like, you know, he's offering, he's offering, you know, Glenn Ford's offering, you know, uh, 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 the money, like Wade's offering Evans the money. And you're just, I'm just sitting there going, don't let the drunk hear this guy. Don't let the drunk hear this guy. He's, you know, and, it, you know, and it, cause, cause, I mean, it's basically, it's, it's all like, you know, you know, you know, the, he, he's the devil and he's, you know, he's, you know, he's seducing him to sin and, and he's fighting the urge and, you know, it, it, he wins at the end and God bestows rain upon him. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's like, you get a nice little biblical story in there too. That's just it. Well, it's, it's funny because yeah, they, they really make a point at dinner of, uh, of not saying grace. Yes. Yes. As, as if it'll like burn the table in half. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's kind of like state stagecoach was the same for me when I watched it. It was like, it was one of those, it's one of those movies where it's like you hear about it, you know, and you, you sort of read about it in passing when you're reading, you know, when you're reading about other films and, and, and you kind of start to get a picture in your head about what that movie's going to be about. Yeah. And then you sit down and you finally see it and, you know, cause, cause, and, and it's kind of like, you just, you sort of make these presumptions about, about what the film is going to be. And then, you know, you, you sit down and you watch and it's not at all what you're expecting. No. And stagecoach remind me, because I watched so many Westerns in a row, but stagecoach is, it's basically, he's just going around town trying to get people to help him. Right. No, that's, um, that's high noon. High noon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. That's Gary Cooper and high noon stagecoach is, um, uh, he's supposed to be leaving town. Wayne. Who's who's got trouble with the law, and he's he's basically hired on to protect the the stagecoach as it goes through. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, no, now I remember like Comanche territory or something like that. And and uh, uh, they're being they're being chased. It's a, yeah. it's a humdinger of a movie. Yeah, this one's almost. Um, it could be a buddy comedy. Three ten to you? No, it's totally like if you look at it. I'm pretty sure you could find like, um, you know, 48 hours, I'm sure was riffing on 310 to Yuma when they started writing that. Yeah, for right? sure. Um, you know, well, what and- was the other one? Midnight Run. Have you ever seen Midnight Run with uh, James uh, uh, Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro? No. It, oh, man. Midnight Run is hilarious. I've heard nothing but good things. I, I, I that's it's on my list of movies to watch. Uh, it, but it's just that typical, yeah. It's buddy comedy in the sense it's it's two opposite people forced together on a trip. I yeah. I just watched a couple months ago The In Laws for the first time. You ever seen? Oh that? yeah, yeah. I've, I'm I'm gonna check that one out. Oh shit! You're in for a treat, sir. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Yeah, that's um, uh, Falk and Alda. All that, yeah, and, and, and magic, yeah, 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 they're great. 
Yeah, it's movies. Uh, <laughs> movies. Uh, I, this film was gorgeous. Like just the the way they use the. I mean, any western is you just point it. You find the right backdrop. You point a camera, and you're you're good to go. But so yeah. even in even inside the buildings, it didn't feel um, like we were inside sets the way a lot of the, a lot of westerns do. Like it's like here's the even. The searchers, like here's the big gorgeous uh, panoramic landscape, but then when we're in the studio. We are in the studio. Yeah, yeah. You sort of feel the, you feel the stage when when you do that. No, I almost feel like it. Almost feels like they shot that, like those were backlot sets. They weren't like soundstage. Mm-hmm. It was it wasn't that thing where it's like you know they they went outside when they had to but when they were inside they were like in a sound stage it feels like it feels like those rooms were at the you know at you know at the lot and they were just just filming there the um yeah cuz all those studios at this time would have had a a western town oh yeah 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 either either had it or you know it's that thing where it's like you know some some company you know you know like the you know the ranch that they show in um, once upon a time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. right? I was thinking that, that, yeah. that ranch where the Manson family hung out. I mean, they shot thousands of movies there um, over over the years. So, so, so it would be that kind of thing. Sort of like in you know, out here in Vancouver, it was the Border Town set yeah. for a hundred years, where everybody was just like, "Oh, you need a need a set for a western? Go, you know, go at the Border Town, put up another, you know, change a couple of facades and and shoot." Yeah, I remember uh, Catherine Isabel told me that she ended up living out there for a couple months, but she just wanted to like hide out. She like made friends with the person that owned the place. Oh, really? And just took and just kind of like lived there. That's Which funny. I was like, that's totally Catherine Isabel if you know her at all. That very much sounds like Catherine Isabel. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what else to say. I, I really enjoyed them together. Like he was so. Um, oh, the guy that plays Wade, uh, Ben Wade. Oh, uh, uh, Glenn Ford. Yeah, Cl- Cl- Claire, charismatic as hell. Well, that's what I. That's but what I love. Also, evil. Yeah, yeah, but 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 it's it's that you know affable evil. Like you know when he rides up and he's like telling the guy and his kid, you know, get off your horses and you know I don't want you going to the marshal. Like he's not he's not out. Like he's not out to sh- he's not out to do do sh- stuff. But he's obviously ruthless. Yeah, even that right? moment when when he uh, he's pulling the stick in the corner trick, the old stick yeah. in the corner trick, yeah. and then and then he's like, ah, "I was just testing you out. I knew you wouldn't yeah. shoot." It's like, yeah. what the fuck? Next one, well, will it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, that's just it. It's like I don't know if the next one will because yeah. this one didn't, and you were yeah. sure you sure were confident that it would. So yeah. Yeah, and it's um, the thing. The other thing I loved—I don't know if you noticed this—but he's the only guy in the movie not sweating. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's like he's just. And I think there's like one shot at the very end at the train where where he's got a bit of sweat on his face, and I'm not sure if that was intentional or if it was just they were filming near a very hot train engine. But the uh, you know like all through the movie, like everybody's just you know they're all sweating bullets. Cool as a cucumber. And Wade's men are coming. Oh my Jesus! You know, and he's just like he's just laying on the bed. Hey, your wife, your wife's pretty nice. You yeah, should, you should treat her better. <laughs> you know, it's, 
And that was the other thing. It's like, you know, you just, just like very, I mean, you know, it's very charismatic the way, the way Ford plays the character. And, 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 you know, you're just, you know, party is sitting there going, ah, I, I hope he gets away. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Well, they make this almost this 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 pact at the end. Once they get on the train, and it's just yeah. like he's like, I only need to get you there, man. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I've escaped from you before. Don't worry. Like, yeah, he's, not, yeah. He's, he's like, eh, you know, you saved my life from Moon, so uh, who you want? But that's the sense I get. I get the sense that he's going to escape when he gets to Yuma, and that's yeah. fine. He just, but if he is, is he, if he had have escaped there with his men, yeah, the other guy would be dead. Yeah, no, and that's that's the thing is that he sort of, you know, they give him, you know, and I don't know, I don't like, I'd like to go now. I'd like to go find the original story that Elmore Leonard wrote, and see how the book ends or how the the short story ends, and if that was a Hollywood you know, ending ending, or was this one of those things where they're like, hey, Glenn can play a bad guy, but, but. he can't play a fucking bad. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta give them this little bit at the end kind of thing because it's 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 interesting it's 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 a character moment for him, which is interesting. But if you look at it, if you look at it as like a storytelling thing, it almost feels like a Deus Ex Machina for the hero that the villain sort of you know has this moment of redemption in the you know, literally in the final minute of the movie. Yeah. And it's, and it, I don't want to say it rings false. I loved it, but it also like just moments before when they're walking through the town, like that guy was still setting him up to get shot here and there. Oh yeah. No, he was like, he was, he was, he was like, if this guy gets shot, he gets shot kind of thing. And, uh, you know, pointing out all the, you know, point, you know, so, 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 you know, in a sense you could look at it was like, you know, when he's pointing out that there's a guy behind them and a guy in front, is he like, is he messing with them or is he actually trying to help them? Yeah. What I, what I would have just made this decision, you know, he's made this decision that he doesn't want this guy to get killed. Yeah. And it's, I think I, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I think the arrival and, you know, I'd say spoiler alert for anybody listening to this, but you know, this is a movie made in 57. You've had your chance. You've had 70 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously, guys, come on. Um, you know, I think it's like when, when um, Evan's wife, you know, shows up in town and, you know, Wade sees her out the window and, and you know, it's kind of like, you know, I think the guy, you know, it's kind of like, He's a villain who loves love, right? Like that oh, yeah. story, that whole story at the beginning with the uh, the barmaid Emmy or something like that. Yeah, and yeah, Emmy, the barmaid in Brisby, and and he's talking about you know he's like he's making a connection with her, and he's talking about how it's like you know there was the other woman in the town that he was wasting all the money on, and you know, and and then she went and married the governor. <laughs> which was a great line. And then, you know, and then the next time you see them, they're coming out of the back room together. It's like, it's like, Oh, Oh wait, you dog, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But he's, he's obviously, you know, it, it, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but it seemed to me they were, they were, you know, setting up, setting up the idea that like, you know, when, 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 when Evan's wife shows up, I, I think that's when he, you know, 
in my mind, that's when you can say he had to change of heart. Yeah. He decides there. It would have been nice in that final sequence to have a bit more of, because what I did like was there was moments where it's like, oh, he is protecting Wade from getting shot by the, the locals who are pissed off at him. Yeah. And then he's trying to get, keep himself from getting shot by Wade's men. Yeah. Uh, it would have been great in that final sequence to have both sides there. Yeah. Going after them. I think that I'm oh, assuming. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what the remake does. I think it does. I, 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 I was doing a little research on the remake, and it, it sounds like it sounds like they both end up sort of protecting the other one in the in the final shootout. I'll, I'll have to get a non-pan and scan version of that one. And, and, and I feel like it's on Netflix now. Oh, even better. I could be wrong, but I'm sure it's streamable at this point even somewhere. Better. I've already got a Netflix account. Yeah, it's on one of the things. Yeah. There's this really good website called Just Watch, and it might be justwatch.ca. Like you can go in by country. Oh, and if yeah. you type in a movie, it'll tell you where you can stream it. That's what I've been trying to find online, is somebody that'll be like, oh, if you want to see you know, this movie, this is where you can find it. Like Vulture, I think it's Vulture. Is it Vulture? No, who is it? There's, there's, a, there's a website... Every now and then, like somebody will post a thing on Facebook, and it's like you know, fifty horror movies you have to watch, or something like that. And then they'll list these movies, and then they'll say where you can see it. That's nice, kind of thing. It's it's always like it's always such a help, so that I don't have to go. Oh, you know, is it on is Shutter? It, is it on Netflix? Is it on Hulu? I don't know how many times I've went and rented a like paid rented movie on iTunes, and then found out three seconds later that I. Have I subscribed to a streaming service that has it? Yeah. So I, I found this. Yeah, Just Watch um, is great because it'll tell you what streaming services you'd rent or buy it from. Right. Uh, so I found that fairly helpful. That's that's very helpful. I, I did that. I was actually it was the one time it didn't bug me is I I just I just uh, pre-ordered um, uh, Blood Quantum, the new Jeff Barnaby movie. And then it was like, oh, it's going to be on Shutter for you know, and you've got a membership, so you could watch it for free. I'm like, I'll I'll pay the money to see a zombie. Yeah, and that's going to a filmmaker exactly. Especially like, our, our going to a Canadian filmmaker who's like, you know, done. You know, I don't know if you saw Rhymes with Rhymes. Yeah, for Rhymes with Ghouls. Yeah, I, I thought it was great, and I was really excited to. I thought the trailer for Blood Quantum. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll you know, I'll watch this. Yeah, so I haven't it, seen it yet, but I'm excited to. It does not disappoint. It's okay. uh, Yeah, I won't say I won't say anything else. I really, except I, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, that, that was fun. That was a fun one to watch. I really enjoyed. Yeah, and again, like you said, it's like it's those. It's a, it's a different pace of yeah. the kind of movie than what we're used to now, and you know, it would be faster and and more going on, but. It was uh, it was entertaining nonetheless, and the right and for that story in particular, the right length. Yeah, because well, a lot I, of these things go on and on. Oh God, yeah. No, I'm a. I mean, it's funny. I'm I'm a huge proponent of the 80 minute feature. Right, like this was 90, but I'm I'm like I'm like 80 minutes, 90 minutes. I'm I am perfectly happy with that as a movie length. I you know when I see something is like 110 minutes and it's like you know, then you read the plot and it's like 
Catherine Hagel and Gerard Butler work at a TV station together. I'm like, there's going to be 110 minutes of this. <laughs> Seriously, what do you what do you do for the other other 80 minutes? <laughs> yeah, like like good lord, this is going to go on forever. Yeah, <laughs> but sometimes minutes, like, it does, especially genre stuff like 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 you know western horror you know that to me is like 80 minutes is the sweet spot like set it up get in tell like tell something exciting and then and then get out before you know before people start to you know get into the um you know get into the overthinking it of, of yeah the story. i don't mind a long movie though the long as long as it doesn't feel long if it doesn't feel long like you know but that's the thing it's 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 if like, I start looking at my clock, you know, we're yeah, in trouble. And, mm, more often than not, with with a longer movie, there will be the eventual, you know, and it's you know, it's kind of the curse of of under, it's kind of the curse of understanding sort of structure. TV structure is like I, you know, I'm sitting there in the movie, and and you know, and I'll be like, we should be halfway through here. Holy fuck, we're just getting to this point now. <laughs> You know, and it's funny. It's like the last, the last movie, the last movie I watched that was really long, like really long. That I was, that I was actually like, I'm really enjoying this, and 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 it didn't bother me. Was um, uh, uh, Doctor Sleep? Okay, like came yeah. out of nowhere for me because I was like, I'd heard like, you know, it, it's like it came and went in the theaters. It was, um, you know, I tried to read the book and I couldn't get into the book. And I, lo- you know, I loved The Shining when I read it, um, you know, except for the ending. <laughs> but, you know, I read the, you know, I, you know, I, I, the movie and Cynthia and I were sitting here and I'm like, oh, you know, let's just put this on, you know, and see what it's like. And, you know, you know, we, we were watching it and then we paused it to like, you know, have a have a bathroom break and i'm like we're 90 minutes in and it's like there's still another 90 minutes to go but we were just like enjoying the movie and i, I yeah. was like this doesn't happen a lot with like like when i saw once upon a time in hollywood in the theater i was like Mer. well i was like watching the time from like 45 minutes on because it was mm-hmm. just like let's get going let's, something happened you know like that yeah. to me that would have been a you know that's an 80 minute movie yeah, I was surprised by how much I didn't look at my watch during The Irishman. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I went to see that at Lightbox. I decided like I wanted to see in the theater. Oh, you saw it, you saw it in the theater? Yeah, and I only because it was I was working downtown and it was playing at the right time, and so right. I'm like, oh, this works out. I'd love to see it in the theater, and yeah. and I what I I kind of mentally prepared myself. You I said, I said all my early relationships. Yeah, I lived downtown in it. I said, I kind of told told myself, I'm like, think of it like this. You're sitting down to binge an entire season of a show. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I wanted to like the Irishman more than I did. And, and part of that was, I, I mean, I love Goodfellas. Yeah. Right. Like I remember, uh, 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 Goodfellas coming out in the theater um, sorry, it's my wife. I'm just gonna just just respond super fast. This this is what makes a podcast exciting. <laughs> you have to tell us what you're saying. I'm gonna assume saying it's over. Um, <laughs> wow. 
Exclusive breaking. <laughs> That's it. I've watched 310 to Yuma and I can't live like this anymore. I need to be free. Um, uh, you know, I love good films. Like, honestly, I, you know, I find it very hard to believe that there are people out there that don't like good fellas, but I, I know they exist and I, I think they're a lesser class of person. They're the same, they're the same people who don't like music. Yeah, no, or happiness or puppies. And like, you know, that's fine. Go live your life. Um, you know, and so I love Goodfellas. I really like Casino, which is, that's a long movie that I can just watch. Yeah. And, Cause it warms and, over you. Yeah. And cause you're just like, you're just in it. And I'm, then, like, that, I'm like that with the departed, the part the departed. Oh yeah. 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 I just, I don't know. It's just so enjoyable yeah. for me. Yeah. I mean, I think with the, but I think with the Irishman, I think my problem with it, my problem with it was I could not get past, I could not get past the de-aging yeah like i couldn't just fall into that effect like marvel marvel i think uses it right like they use it judiciously and it's and like if you like two scenes of michael douglas as a thir- you know as a swinging cat at 35 and they don't you know they don't do any shots where he's sort of like shuffling his feet because he's actually 8700 years old kind of thing and then and then it's like you know and then then for the rest of the movie he's the proper age like yeah you know you know like the scene with um uh you know in avengers end is it which one is it um uh not there was a civil war when tony stark is running the the program that ages him into a teenager as his parents yeah kind of thing so so you know it's like and that works because you're actually watching a fake simulation of it anyway. So exactly. if, if it's imperfect, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, if it's imperfect, it's okay. But for the length of that movie, um, it was just like I was. I was just watching it, going, "Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know." Yeah, so I, could, I, I just couldn't fall into it. I just I don't into the story. It, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I found like I, I mean I, I looked at my watch for sure, but I found I was surprised by it that I that I wasn't looking at it more. That said, I it's, it's a movie. I'm like I got everything I needed to get out of it the first time around. Right. And, and right. the only way I'll probably ever revisit it is if my son goes through all of the Scorsese movies and right. wants me to wants me to jump in with them. In which case, I'll probably be like, "Yeah, screw it." Yeah, yeah. Just be like, "We're not starting with the Irishman." No, <laughs> no, he's nerdy like me. He'll want to go. In. He he's big on going in order. Yeah, how old is your son? He's eleven. Oh yeah, uh, perfect age to start. We're we're like almost through all the Kurosawa movies. He's That's really funny. enjoying those. Yeah, yeah. He has no problem sitting down watching a three hour movie in black and white. That's in subtitles. Yeah. Well, it's Kurosawa, so you know, like you had to, I love Hidden Fortress. Oh, that's what we watched, and he was, and I said, "Just, just while you watch this, think Star Wars and wonder what George Lucas stole from it." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's where he's getting. And then my son it was the first time he had the the realization that R two all of his beeps are ju- are, are actually just like censorship. It's a, if you're t- taking off those two, those two guys that are just the constant. Like, I'm like, that's R2 and C3PO, those two assholes that are constantly scheming. I yeah. said, just picture R2 as one of those guys. Like, so the peeps are just like, 
the swear words that we're not hearing. I'm like, that's how I've always seen R2. Yeah, yeah no, totally. It's just like, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, because everyone's always constantly like, R2. Like, the R2 is the biggest potty mouth and he's just talking shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, check out the ass on this one. Jesus, R2. <laughs> Amazing. Any final thoughts on 310 to Yuma? Um, any final thoughts? Uh, no, you know, I thought it is, it's, it, it's enjoyable. It's, it's, it's definitely, you know, I'm definitely glad. I'm definitely glad I finally got around to watching. Yeah. Same. Cause it's like, it's one of those ones where I'm like, you know, now, now I'm going to be like in the writer's room annoying everybody. I'm going to, cause I'm going to be like, it's like that scene in 310 to Yuma. Everybody's going to like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about an old Glenn Ford movie, damn it. God, don't you know? Get the Criterion Channel. Ah, look at this beard. I'm meant to be old. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, I always say, uh, as my son uh, is watching older movies too, I'm like, you're going to start getting a lot more Simpsons jokes now. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's like... I mean, one of my one of my favorite like you have to know old cinema jokes is um, when they're watching uh, Paint Your Wagon. Yeah, it was one of my dad's favorites. And <laughs> Barton Homer like, what the hell? This is a musical. And then Homer's like, no, wait, here comes Lee Marvin. He's always drunk and violent. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, for taking the time out of your your COVID uh, experience to uh, to do this. Oh, I was happy to. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. Uh, thanks for inviting me on. It's gonna be. Uh, it's, it was fun to do. Yeah, and and next time if you're once you're in Toronto again and uh, and we're allowed to be around other people, you should we should come do a proper one where you can. Come I'd over. love to. I'd love to do a proper one, and hopefully it'll be September. December when we can actually do this again because you know it'd be nice to actually have a you know a writers guild party this year and not just have a virtual one where we're all on Skype. Yeah, I know they're going to do the the CSA is going to be done that way too coming up. Yeah, no, I was glad we did that. I was glad we did that for the awards. I thought it was really, I thought it was really important that you know that we didn't make everybody wait a year to find out if they'd won an award or not. Congrats, so, by the way, on your... Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, so that was not a shill. No, no, no. That, but I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so so I'm glad to see that the CSAs are going to rip us off and take our idea and do a virtual. I thought they weren't going to because when they postponed... They, they, two, two. they were going to wait. They were going to wait until 2021 and announce everybody then and... and and I, I was just like, that really sucks. If you're That's nominated. bonkers. Yeah. 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 Alas. All right, sir. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll, thank we'll you. do this again sometime. Sounds good. All right. All right. Have you a good night, man. You do. Let's all go. Thanks for joining us for 310 to Yuma. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. 
Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby.